Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch The Going Live Show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um the public defender that was her uh main gimmick on the uh show that was the main character she played and she did that quite a few times and if you saw the um hood exorcist sketch uh she played the mother in the sketch like i played the uh the priest that was trying to you know get the demon out of her son in the sketch uh she played the mom and i played the priest going the power of christ compels you like that was me well sadly this Past Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase. It. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which was another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Lutes. Files. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely, positively. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke, soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Dude, that's just to be the broke, soulless ginger, Zach Scott. You can speak I'm not that broke yet. And Vinny, I'm proud to say, courtesy of Keenan Kale. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we're actually going to have fun with this one. And the best part is, um, Zach had to actually had to work on this Tuesday, but he was able to get off at a decent hour and watch NXT. And we're still able to do this tonight. So I don't have to put the schedule maker on blast, which is what I was originally going to do. But he got him off. Zach got to go early. So he or she lives for now, is all I'm going to say. Uh,. Oh, bite my Irish ass, you buffoon. What? I wasn't mad at you. I was going off on whoever makes the schedule. I don't. I have no power on that. I know you don't. That's why I wasn't mad at you. I was mad at the person making the schedule for trying to fuck my week up. Oh, yeah. Blame blame people for your problems. Yeah, they're causing me problems, motherfucker. What are you talking about? (laughs) Blame other people for your problems. Jeez, they're literally causing a fucking problem. No, you're causing a problem because I sound like one of those, I say it, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. Yeah, my life revolves around you, fucker. Does it revolve, other than beer, what else does it revolve around? My own life. Which consists of you drinking beer. You're basically Bubba J without the NASCAR. I'm not drinking beer. I never drank a beer a day of my life. Oh, you fucking liar. (laughs) I never drank a beer, says the guy that's like, can we hurry this up? I got a beer to drink. So anyway, um, but yeah, so we're doing NXT and I don't have to kill anybody although zach still wanted me to kill somebody apparently um but we kicked this off with they show this footage and i found this on twitter earlier so this was actually posted uh, this happened on a monday the same day as the raw 30th anniversary um but it was on social media so now they're playing it here where we kick things off where apparently braun breaker and grayson waller get into 
a fight at the performance center where everybody separates them. Yeah, I saw this right here. Uh, Rachel Wall coming here, starting up shit, and uh, yeah, I was like, he's in there just uh, hyping up the match. And this rival between Braun Breaker and Grace Wall is fantastic. Is it not, Devin? It's good. This is really good. Oh, it's like, great. Finally, NXT, NXT, do something right. AEW, get your head out of your ass and do this rival. Dumb fucking morons. Anyways, I thought this was great. It was let's say the the people got they got separated. So at the showcase match at Vengeance, it's gonna be epic. Vinny, your thoughts there, bro? Oh, it's gonna be fun. The cage match is gonna be fun. But of course, Grayson Waller is running his mouth like always, and of course, Braun Breakers is like, yeah, whatever. But it wasn't until he started throwing water bottles at him, and these are full water bottles. Which you know, it's one thing to get have an empty water bottle hit you. A full water bottle, that shit gonna hurt. I, I've been hit by one. It doesn't feel too good. Does not feel good at all. Hell, I remember going to an indie show and watching Paulie get pelted with them. Ugh. Like literally a bunch of little kids, a bunch of little kids chucked water bottles. He had to get a steel chair to protect himself. Kind of like kids, Captain America? What? Kind of like Captain America? He had a shield? Yeah, he had to get a shield because they were like pelting him because he was in the ring saying, you know, none of those kids came up to his gimmick table to buy his merch. So he was going to tell Santa to make sure he gives them all coal for Christmas. And they flipped their shit and started sucking water bottles. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, that's brilliant. I, oh, that's good. Oh, he was. Oh, Paul Lee's great at getting heat. And I'm at Buff's gimmick table watching this. Buff's, of course, in the back. Uh, and I'm watching this. And I'm laughing at how great the heat is that Paul Lee is getting. Nature Boy Paul Lee. That dude is phenomenal as a, as a, as a heel. He is the real Nature Boy. And he does so well with it. Nature like, boy. yeah, he's, he comes boo to the me, ring. Just don't boo me. Exactly. He is so fucking talented, that guy. I got to beat this dude. Oh, yeah. Well, if we, yeah, if you ever, if he's ever doing an indie show and you get to tag along, yeah. Um, He, he runs a show called AWF out of Ringgold, Georgia, because that's where he lives. <laughs> he lives in Ringgold. Um, he used to have a bar out there. I don't think it's still in business anymore. Uh, but I know Buff and I have been there a couple of times back in the day, way back in the day, uh, you know, before he, you know, got clean and everything. But even then, he drank like soda there because he was still. I'd never seen him get drunk in that bar ever. But anyway, I'm just saying it was a long, long time. But, you know, it was great. So uh, seeing uh, Grayson Waller at the water bottles reminded me of that. Then, of course, Braun comes out of the ring, hits this beautiful double leg takedown, and then just gets in this huge fight, and they have to break it up. And then he's basically telling him, you know, that they're going to see each other at Vengeance Day. So I thought that was a little bit fun. Then, of course, uh, Braun Breaker's making his way into the building at some point, and then Grayson Waller also made his way into the building at some point. So you know shit's going to go down. You just don't know when. Yeah, this right here, he's just uh, antagonizing, antagonizing it. This is really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, playing to you, NXT. Make this seal catch good. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to kick things off with our first official match of the evening. We've got Indy Hartwell one-on-one against Tiffany Stratton. This one here was actually a really great opening match. These two ladies right here went to town, uh, went to town each other. A lot of people will give crap to Tiffany Stratton because of her gimmick, but actually in the ring, the girl can actually fucking move. For a second, uh, Indy Hartwell had it on her for a real quick. Back, forth, back, forth. And of course, Indy Hartwell, uh, uh, Tiffany Stratton, take the injury. Slut, uh, Andy Hartwell did a move, hit the moonsault, one, two, three. Shameful, I'm getting sick of this, Vinny, for stuff. You know what that is? Great match. I'm tired of Andy Hartwell getting fucked over. I am too. I am too. But they, they, to tell you the truth, but this match was actually good because he actually went longer than three minutes, longer than two minutes. It was actually a good four or five minute ma- opening match. Oh, yeah. It was something not bad. I'd rather, I'd rather have Andy Hartwell win than Tiffany, but 
I don't do the fucking writing. You should do be the writing, and I'll be there in the background somewhere. Yeah. Well, I want to do the writing, but they keep kicking me out of the room. It's like, excuse me, uh, Mr. Bucci. We, if we want, if we want logic, we'll call you. But until then, we'll keep doing this fuckery our own way. It's like, and then, and I, yeah, I keep bringing logic and common sense and plot holes in what they're doing, and apparently they don't like that. They want yes men to go. This is great. Oh, this is great. This is very good. And I don't do that. So they keep kicking me out of the fucking room. Um, but this match was actually very well done. Um, it did exactly what it needed to do. Obviously, I hate that Indy is constantly doing jobs. I think it's for goddamn ridiculous. This woman should already have the women's title around her waist. Um, but if she is going to lose a match, at least it's to Tiffany Stratton, who also deserves a push. She's not losing to somebody who doesn't deserve a push like we've seen her do in the past, where she lost certain matches. And it's like, why the fuck is she putting her over? This is for goddamn ridiculous. And it's a simple as that. That's literally how this whole thing goes. And the ma- and I like the fact she was like faking an injury, taking advantage of the situation, getting the one, two, three, uh, after landing a triple jump moonsault, which was very well done. Uh, so yeah, these women delivered. Both of them are extremely talented. So I was fine with Indy taking an L in this match. I just hope they can eventually get her back to, you know, where she needs to go. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you're not going to put the women's title on her, just call her up and put her with Dexter Loomis. Because watching her on NXT lose week after week after week after week after week does nothing for her character. It does nothing for the show. And it doesn't help anybody. Because when you lose over and over and over and over again, I don't care how big of a star you are, it kills it. You have to get some wins under your belt before you lose. If you're just losing every week, I don't care if you're a legend or an icon or a Hall of Famer. If every time you go out to that ring, you lose, that person's not getting the rub because you're on a losing streak. It's like, oh, I beat this big legend. So did 10 other people. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it special. That's why when you bring somebody with it that you're trying to, you know, have people put over they got to get some wins beat some people one right after the other then you find a guy okay here's who we want to put over then you have them do the job you make the jobs sporadic so if indy hartwell's job is just to put a bunch of people over my question is how many more people is she going to put over before they call her up because at this point there's no reason for her to be in nxt if all she's going to do is lose because she's better than that she's not a jobber stop treating her like one are you done yes and continue then after that we cut to uh, JC Jane, who basically says she's carried Gigi Dolan, and um, apparently they're talking about the accidental kick, and apparently she's basically saying now it's going to be every woman for herself, and she's going to have something to say at the summit when she sees Gigi face to face. But apparently JC is getting rid of Gigi Dolan and basically saying she carried her in toxic attraction. Typical things when tag teams can't get along. I've been carrying you. No, oh, I've been carrying you. I'm the per- I'm the best. No, I'm the best. Blah, blah, blah. Smack this fat. Boo-hoo. Continue moving on. Typical. You see this always on tag teams. Uh, fuck up. Yeah. And, and, and here's the funny part, though. There are some <laughs> cases where it's true, but in this case, I don't see it. I don't see... I, I never saw a scenario where I felt Gigi Dolan was being carried by J.C. Jane. I didn't see that either. I can tell you the truth. Those two actually work brilliant in the ring together. Yeah. They do work good together. I'll give them that. I mean, they do, but I'm just saying, like, th- there are some tag teams where it looked like one person was carrying the other, or one person in the tag team was going to be the breakout star. It's like the common joke that people 
people have when tag teams go solo. Who's going to be the Shawn Michaels and who's going to be the Marty Jannetty? Because or who's going to be the Ash and who's going to be the Christian? Well, it's yeah, but it's you know, it goes back to Shawn and Jannetty, and here's why: sure. because they were the Rockers for many years, legendary tag team, one of the best. At one point, they were one of the top tag teams in wrestling. But then eventually, the Rockers split up. When the Rockers split up, Shawn Michaels, we all know where he went. He became the Heartbreak Kid, the Showstopper, the main event, the icon, Mr. WrestleMania, Hall of Famer. Marty Jannetty pretty much went into obscurity, never to be seen or heard from, except for certain stories that pop up online. But Marty Jannetty was one of those legends that fell off the wa- that fell off the wayside. Just maybe you saw him a couple times on a couple of Raw appearances back in the day, but other than that, you didn't see much of Marty Jannetty after that. He couldn't he couldn't have very much of a successful singles career. He was better in the tag team. And that's how they are. It's like with Edge and Christian. You know, like you said before, when they broke up, Edge was the Shawn Michaels, Christian was the Marty Jannetty. You know, even though people try to say he's not the Marty Jannetty, I have a whole video that explains why Christian was the Marty Jannetty of that group. Because Edge went on to become a major single star and a bona fide success. Christian had some success as a single star, but wasn't really that great as a singles competitor. He wasn't. He could not do well on his own. And that's kind of how, even the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray Dudley. He went on to be Bully Ray. Went on to have a great singles run. Could do very well. Devon tried to be a singles guy, and he just couldn't pull it off. Devon was not good as a singles competitor. So he's very much the Marty Jannetty of that group. And that's how it goes. If one guy is successful and the other guy is kind of floundering around, that's how you know there's a Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty situation. And the reason they do that is because most tag teams, when they break up and go solo, both of them tend to shit the bed. There are some wrestlers who need to stay in a tag team because they're just not going to make it as single stars. But every tag team lives under the delusion if they split up, I'm going to be the next Shawn Michaels and they're not. I mean, come on. How many tag teams have we seen over the years split up and both guys went into obscurity? Too many to count. Exactly. Or there were some guys that tried to go single and it was like they were better in the tag team. We've seen so many, so many that have done that where they only worked in a tag team setting. But most of them wanted more, but weren't good enough. And it sh- and, and it fucked things up in tag team division. That's why so many that's why tag team wrestling is so was for a long time was so shitty. Because you couldn't find any solid tag teams that wanted to stick together. Nowadays you do. We see a lot of good ones. But let's hope they don't shit the bed. Or hope they don't get broken up for stupid reasons. But anyway, we then cut to Ivy Nile, who has uh Drew Gulak and his trainees help the Creed brothers train. So they're kind of, you know, training, sparring, all that stuff. And Gulak and Bruce get into it after Gulak berates one of his trainees. Gulak tells the Creed this isn't over as he storms off. Yeah, I saw this right here. I was like, oh, all right. I was like, like, Drew Gulak was berating one of his guys, and one of the brothers was like, hey, that's not right. And Gulak said, this isn't over, so I'll see where we go from here. Yeah. I didn't see this part really. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was just fucking random and weird. But anyway. Yeah, um, I was not entertained by it all. And it says, right at the end of wrestling zone, the last sentence says, Gulak tells the Grease that this isn't over as he storms off. Apparently somebody can't spell. Ah, uh, yeah. Did you see it too? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> well, this is, th- when you're reading from wrestling articles, Zach, you have to know, grammar's not really their thing. I can see that. There's a lot of run-on sentences or n- things they forgot. They didn't, they don't proofread this shit before they put it out. And that's why a lot of times you see comments going, if you want to be taken seriously as a journalist, proofread your shit. Spell check, motherfucker. Spell check. 
Use okay. it. Spell check is your friend. Spell check is the yeah. way. Or look it up in a fucking dictionary. Or you can look it up with the technology we have today. It'll automatically probably spell it for you. Well, yeah, that's that's what I meant by spell check. You click a button and it shows you everything that's misspelled. That's literally how it works. Uh, but then after that, we have a special Chase You Awards ceremony. Andre Chase presents Thea Vale with an award for finally winning her first match. As Hale thanks Chase and the crowd, J.D. McDonough interrupts and goes on a rant about giving out participation trophies. And then he basically wants a fight, and uh, Thea loses her mind. J.D. McDonough says, control your dog. And then... Basically, you know, he basically says, you're not even dressed to compete. And Chase says, I always tell my students to be prepared. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. He takes off the the uh, the, the, the the gown and the, the hat and the tassels, revealing his Chase U gear underneath. Not lands him with the right hand, and McDonough goes flying over the top rope. I mean, I like the part. He was just doing this thing. J.D. McDonough comes out there, interrupting everything. But know what the problem was? I kind of saw a botch. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, like, 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 Andre Chase taking his stuff. Uh, and he was like, I'm going to knock you out. And for some strange history, J.D. McDonough stood there longer than he was supposed to. I don't know. How, how do you figure? Like, he could have seen, I think he could have seen that come from a mile away. Kind of how people wait on the bottom for the top person on the top rope. I don't know. Well, so maybe I'm, well here's yeah. the thing, and I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, Basically, he's just sitting there waiting for it. Well, he sees him ripping off his gear, and I think he's just kind of like, okay, whatever. He's kind of looking at him like it's like a moment where he's going, what the hell? And then he he didn't. I don't think he saw. He expected the right hand to come out of nowhere. I mean, when you think about it, could he have had time to block it? Maybe. But I think it was just kind of like a whoa. He's taking his shirt off. Boom! He hits him. I think he didn't. Ex- I don't think he didn't expect Andre Chase to do that because you don't expect Andre Chase to be a badass, and then he is. So yes, he is. And also, I gotta say, and of course, um, as I'm watching this show, you know, I'm getting text messages and everything else. Oh no, I was like everybody. Everybody's like going crazy and you know every, everybody everybody got something to say everybody always want to speak their mind and everybody wants to message me when they see stuff that they just simply you know cannot stand or look at a bunch of bullshit and all of a sudden like, okay, you know what just give me the damn mic Mr. Bucciarelli I ain't got time for this okay I need to know who the fuck is Chase you and why is he saying motherfucker on my TV this is some unprofessional shit why why is he cursing on the TV? Why are you saying motherfucker in the promo? Is you stupid? Yeah. What? What? What is, is it? Part, what is it? Yes. Is yes. This part of the script. It's just part of the. It's part of the deal. This is what they're doing. It's part of the script. Go with the flow. How many times do I have to fucking tell you this? There's nothing we can do about it. Just go with the flow. Many. I thought you put a lock on this fucking cage. First of all, no one puts Gator in a cage. Second of all, why am I watching a Wish version of Spirit Squad? This looks like the Spirit Squad on Wish.com and also does nobody wear fucking wrestling gear anymore? Everybody comes out here in pants and sweaters and jeans and t-shirts. What kind of outlaw mud show (laughs) bullshit is this? Put on some goddamn boots and tights and look like a fucking wrestler. Wrestlers wear wrestling gear. What? Are you done? We understand. I don't know what to do with you anymore. If any takeover, I can't take this anymore. Gator, it's fine. That's Chase U. It's how they wear their gimmick. It's your stupid gimmick, Gator. Just just go Gator. sit in the corner. Go sit in the corner. Go sit in the corner. I'm not sitting in the corner. Gator, go sit in the corner. I refuse to sit in the corner. Gator, territories. Fuck you. 
All right. But yeah, so. I hate you sometimes. God. Let him out. I don't let him out. He gets out. Okay. I lock it. I padlock it. I chain it. He finally, fi he somehow finds a way out. I don't know. Maybe somebody's unlocking the door. I don't fucking know. So anyway, after all these shenanigans, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Andre Chase with Duke Hudson and Thea Hale versus JD McDonough. I actually really enjoyed the living hell out of this match. How about you? I did too. I thought it was yeah, very I mean, well done. This, was good. this proves to Gator, who's in the fucking corner, fuck the wrestling gear. That's what he wears. Andre Chase can actually move extremely fucking well in that ring. Even if he loses a lot, actually all the time, he kicks fucking ass. I mean, these two gentlemen beat the Chevy. So the J.D. McDonough, I like him, but he's one boring-ass dude. No offense, because he is. They, they, these two gentlemen beat the shit out of each other, and I always like when uh, Andre Dennis goes, C-H, you know what I mean? And he goes, what's that spell? Chase you. And he gets, the cr gets everybody in that building to do it with him. I don't know what that did. I call that brilliant. But these two beat the shit out of each other. Once again, Duke Hudson causes him to lose the match. Benny, your thoughts? Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, the reason that works is because they're doing the college gimmick. Like, Chase U is pretending like they're an actual, legit university. And that they're actually, so they do the things like C-H-A-S-E-U. What's that spell? Chase U. Chase U. And he's doing it in a way to where it's not like the Spirit Squad, which is what Gator was trying to compare them to. And I'm like, Gator, this is nothing like the Spirit Squad. Not even close to the Spirit Squad. And because they're not male cheerleaders, they're just college students. So they're doing stuff with, like, college school spirit and everything and how, you know, and all that. And that's why it works. Because, and that's why I try to explain to, to Gator is that the reason these things work is because it fits the fucking gimmick. It's true to the gimmick. But he wants everybody to dress exactly the same and everybody wears fucking wrestling gear. And I'm like, well, to me, that's just as outlaw. If I'm seeing everybody out there and everybody's got on boots and tights and everyone looks exactly the same, why would I go to a show like that if they're all just alike? If you're going to dress differently, though, have it fit your gimmick, which is what everybody in NXT does. That It fits the fucking gimmick. They're, everything they do makes sense within the gimmick they're portraying. And plus, when the bell rings... There's great matches. You know, it's Gator's a stubborn bastard. It's hard for him to understand it. No shit. So it, it, it literally was. After a certain point, it's like I gave up. And I'll get to that point in a minute. I'll get to that point a little later. But obviously, I love Duke Hudson getting frustrated and leaving ringside because now you're thinking, oh boy, he's finally turning his back on Chase U. All the horrible things we've heard about Duke Hudson not really being down with Chase U. We're about to find out it's true. So now you're thinking that throughout this match. Now, of course, J.D. McDonough hits the, the devil inside, gets the win, So, which helps because it helps because obviously something happens later in the show to benefit Chase U. We won't get into that right now. But J.D. needed this win because, as we mentioned before, he was the only person in the Iron Survivor Challenge to have zero falls. Zero. Scored nothing. No pinfall, no submission, no DQ, nothing. Everybody else got at least one. He got nothing. So JD, I think he needed the win more than Andre did. I hundred percent agree. I hope uh, Chase U gets more win. Uh, Andre Chase gets more wins, but I, I believe why JD didn't kind of win. He's been second. He actually got a big one under his belt. Had he put on a brilliant match with uh, Mr. Andre Chase. And speaking of Duke Hudson, I think it's gonna something's gonna happen eventually down the road. Go ahead, Vinny. Yes. Then we cut to the backstage area with Fallon Henley and Kiana James. 
who disagree on who should start their tag team match tonight. Yeah, so, okay, you two just, uh, I didn't see this part, but I can vision in my head. Uh, you two need to make it up. Whoever starts, starts. You need to get along if you're going to be a successful tag team. Go ahead. I was like, okay, this is stupid. Well, that usually is a stupid thing that, that usually when you're in a new tag team, you tend to argue over stuff like that. Like, I want to start the match. No, I want to start the match. It's like, who who gives a fuck? I never understood True. that. It's like, who who cares who starts? At some point, you got to tag out anyway. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Hell, it, 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 and from a booking standpoint, if I'm in a tag match, I don't want to start it. Yeah, me neither. And here's why I don't want to start it. Because I know at some point in the match, if the person stays out there long enough, I get the hot tag, which means I'm going to get the loudest pop when I get in the ring if I'm the babyface team. Because I get to come in like a house of fire, and I get to make the comeback, and I get all the shine. So fuck it. I want to yeah, be that's true. So fuck it. I want to. I'm just saying, if, if from a booking standpoint, I want to be on the fucking apron so I can get all the attention later. Like pump up the crowd, like stuff like that. Like yeah. start a chant or something like like hit the turn back on the like like tag and as soon as you get in, you get in or or you know what I mean. But one thing I'm tired of tag teams doing like you have a big guy and a little guy. Don't put the little guy and the big guy in the ring together. Put the big guy and the big guy together. Little guy, little guy. Well, Idiots. I mean, in some cases, yeah, that should be the smart way to go. But sometimes I start the big guy and the little guy for good psychology. So, oh, real quick, uh, speaking of a shitty psychology, can I go off and off for one quick second, please, sir? Uh, sure, go ahead. In AEW recent events, I just saw something, some, some atrocious thing there, Mister Dimbuji. You know what that was? You probably know what I'm about to talk about. About I have, seconds. I have no idea what you're talking about, but go ahead. Darby Allen. Oh God, He's, yeah, right. That Samojo AEW. This is why I don't watch you guys anymore. Fuck you, you dumb pricks. Go ahead, let me talk. Yeah, I, I, I was oh disgusted god. by that finish. <laughs> oh my god. I wanted to slap Desmond every time he tried to justify it to me. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't I slap him, but I wanted to. I wanted to. I'm looking at Des like, come on, man. There's no way you're going to convince me that fucking guy. No. It, it's it's one of those reasons why I'm glad I'm taking a break from AEW because a lot of the shit that's going on that that's on AEW right now would just make me angry. But I know there's a lot of you well, out there. you think Elvis and I don't watch it anymore? Yeah, you don't watch it anymore. Elvis already demonstrated he don't watch it anymore. By the way, if you want, if you guys are Elvis Delinsky fans, check out... Uh, um, oh my God! I've been listening to that. The Meltzer, great. Mel- the Meltzer's, the Meltzer's word ain't gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me. On the next variety show, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm put a spoil out there. Let me get a hold of those fuckers, and I'm gonna go off like, ooh, I can't. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. El- El- well, Elvis did that while also announcing officially, even though it kind of already was out there. He officially announced his retirement, but he has said in the future, if Elvis ever makes a return, he'll only do variety shows and he'll only talk about non-wrestling related stuff. Like he's far as wrestling goes he's done he's done he's given up he's uh he's tapped out of wrestling um, yeah i know he's so i'm about to he, give it up too i don't but i don't think i can <laughs> i don't I, 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 I don't have a fucking choice i'm stuck like i can't leave i'm stuck but, too but at least i but but at least we love nxt though it's not like we're being forced to do nxt we love this show. yeah exactly I think, yeah i love and nxt it, it's the only show is. i watch anymore like it's so enjoyable it is like it, 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 I enjoy NXT. Now, granted, that doesn't mean we're not going to bitch about stupid things that happen. But overall, we enjoy it. Now, oh, that's stupid shit that happens all the time. Welcome to the 21st century wake culture world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, well, I, I gotta say, well, stupid things happened in wrestling before it was woke and all that. It's just that it's more. It's just even more ridiculous than it ever was before. Now, well, there's one positive thing about it. What's that? I look at it. It's a lot safer now. Yes, it is. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. I don't like the unprotected 
the cash shots. I don't like people getting tossed to a burning table. I don't like people getting tossed onto a table with fucking thumbtacks. I don't see Legos. Sorry, Gator. No offense. Well, he says Legos hurt more, but we still I see flaming tables. Legos. We just don't see them often. And a lot of times we don't see them done correctly. No, we do not. It's Sorry good if it's done right. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, do it right. Like like Cody fucked up with that flaming table. Uh-huh. He's they used the wrong kind of fluid. He had the gel mm-hmm. to protect himself, but he sweated it off because the match went on for like fucking 15, 20 minutes. The perfect burning table is when Ed speared Mick Foley. Yes. Right. At one of those wrestling, that was good, and even that still hurt like a son of a bitch. Fuck yeah, he sit through a burning fucking table. Oh yeah, Ed said all the hair on his he arms, was... all the hair on his arms singed off. Mick was more protected because you saw what he was wearing—the flannel and the long and the, and the shirt and everything. So he was more protected by the flames. But Edge, Edge was shirtless, so he felt a lot of it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, right there is good psychology, and still one of my favorite matches at WrestleMania. Oh, that was so yeah. good. WrestleMania 22, if you want to check that out. But I'm sure we'll do a review about it down the road. I don't know when, though. But anyway. um, Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Okay, so anyway, we move on now to the next match of the evening. It's a tag team match. We have officially Fallon Henley and Kiana James versus Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. Okay, were you confused? Uh, what? Like, okay, are you, like, did you? All right, I'm gonna tell you the truth. They finally got their heads out of their ass and started working as a tag team. Instead, that those two found Henry kind of actually fucking made it. Now, Keon James, sorry, actually got along in the ring. Avi Nile, Tom Paxley, they try to do their best, but uh, what I like about what um, the Keon James did when uh, Keon James and Fam Henley was turning the person, uh, uh, Keon James was holding the other person. I thought that was good. All in all, it was a good match, kind of confusing, but I enjoyed it. Vinny. So anyway, this match. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, obviously in the beginning, there might have been a little bit of uh, friction in the beginning, but eventually they end up working very well together as a team. Got the win, worked very well. You knew Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley were going to do well, but this was Fallon and Kiana's moment. Henley hits the Shining Wizard on Nile for the win. Um, You know, Nile locks Henley in a dragon sleeper, but while the ref's distracted, Kiana breaks up the hold, being a good partner, and they show they have good working chemistry together. Which, again, is a complete 180 from the gimmick they've already had. Where it looks like Kiana James is, she's serious. She's serious about being in love with Jensen. She's serious about being part of this group. And, you know, like they said before, Kiana James would have nothing to gain from turning on her. Because Fallon got the bar back. So, there's nothing really to do here. Plus, to have them continue to feud would be stupid. And I feel like these two girls can be a great tag team. Plus, I like that Kiana's dressing more country. And she's kind of getting away from the businesswoman gimmick. Because it wasn't really working for her. I didn't see that as a long-term gimmick that was going to work. I didn't. Um, the hot for teacher thing, it, wor- it worked for a while. But I feel like this is a better spot for her. Because like I said, we don't have a lot of female tag teams. And if you got some with good chemistry, like they definitely do, then you can make this work. So I feel like this is going to be something that's good in the long run. And obviously, we'll get to more on that a little later. Yes, 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 yes. yes. This match was actually good. Maybe in the end, Raymond Hanley and uh, Keon James can work something out. But what I thought was funny was who kept on patting uh, one, that one person on the head. I thought that was funny. 
<laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it was great. Um, then, of course, we cut to the backstage area with Idris Anofi and Malik Blade asking the New Day for a tag team title shot. All of a sudden, Schism walks in. They take exception to that. And then Woods and Kings announce they will hold the New Day Invitational, and the winner will be added to the tag match at Vengeance Day, which means it will now be a fatal four-way tag team match. I hate those type of matches. Too many people in the in like I don't know. Okay, I don't like those type of matches. Do you? I prefer fatal four ways over triple threats. And it depends on who gets added. Because obviously there's Nofi and Blade, Schism, and obviously another team gets another team gets thrown in. It's a triple threat tag match, which obviously we're not fans of, but whatever. We'll get to that a little bit later in the moment. But right now we got another big thing going on here with um barbershop. We cut to the barbershop. Um and then we got Apollo Cruz sitting in Carmelo Hayes' seat. Hayes and Trick Williams walk in, Craig Cruz and Hayes agree to have a two out of three falls match. At Vengeance Day. This is one of Carmelo Hayes' best promos, I think. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This was great. Paula Cruz says some good stuff. Carmelo said a lot of good stuff. Now, this is a good match for Vengeance Day. Two out of three falls for just these two brilliant gentlemen in the ring is going to be good. Absolutely. And you know for a fucking fucking Trick Williams is going to get involved, so Paula Cruz needs to keep his eyes out. Well, of course. There's no disqualifications. That's not entirely true. Just because it's two out of three falls doesn't mean it's no disqualifications. Oh, I didn't know that. Here, here's how. The only time it's no disqualification is if you're picking stipulations for the match, and the stipulations have no DQs attached to them. Like if it's a street fight or a, you know, a, a cage match or whatever. Certain matches like that have, you know, no DQ things attached to them. Two out of three falls match can be just that. Two out of three falls. That's why there's a difference. There's, there's the two out of three falls, and then there's the three stages of hell. Three stages of hell is where you have a two out of three falls match where each match has a stipulation attached to it. Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And also Stone Cold and Triple H had that. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Where the first match was a regular match, the second match was a street fight, and the third match was a steel cage. You know, so a lot of times there's that. So a lot of times they'll pick stipulations to make it more interesting. So with this, just two out of three falls, which if they're going to fight again, again, add a gimmick, add something to make it, to make me want to watch this again. It isn't going to bore me to death. And that's what I found enjoyable about this. So ultimately, it's going to be a great match. It's going to be entertaining. And then we move on to the next match of the evening. We got the Kree Brothers versus Gabagulak and Hank Walker. To tell you the truth, it's actually more enjoyable than I thought it was. Hank Walker is did a pretty good job. I still don't understand his gimmick. Gabagulak was there, and the Kree Brothers, it was actually a decent match. I enjoyed it. They uh, went to town, and Hank Walker tried his, got the best of uh, one of the brothers. I don't know which one. Hit the wheelbarrow on him. That was impressive. Did you like that? Yes. It was a good yeah, one. Did, he, he did that perfectly. Yes. He did the arm bar. I was, I was like, all right there, Mr. Hank Walker. There's only one thing he needs to do. And I have to agree with Gator on this one. He needs to change his outfit. That's it. If he changes his outfit, actually puts on some sort of wrestling gear, and then maybe. Who, Hank Walker? Yes. I, I agree with that, but the thing is, the reason it works is because right now he's still a student. So he's still learning. Once he once he uh you know graduates from Gulak's you know training and everything, at that point, once that's over with, then he can get some gear and be a wrestler. So it's like right now you're learning, so you don't have any wrestling gear because you're not officially a wrestler yet. 
you're still, you know, learning stuff. You're still paying dues and whatnot. That's how I look at it. And I also enjoyed during this match that, uh, you know, Charlie Dempsey comes out and Gulak draws off to argue with him. And that's how the Creed brothers got the win. I like still adding the fact that Charlie Dempsey is still part of this. I feel like this is going to be a situation where they're going to have to settle something at Vengeance Day. And I'll tell you the truth. I like Charles Dempsey. I do. I like him in the ring. I think they can do more with him. Because people need to understand that is William Regal's son. You can tell. Yes. But I do like Charles Dempsey. See, that's the type of kick-ass British dude. I tell you, like, Charles Dempsey will go to a bar where you have a couple of drinks with you. Yeah. and the I, fact- I do like the guy. I really, really like Charles Dempsey. I do, too. And that combined with the fact that Triple H is in charge of the booking is the primary, is, those are the two main reasons why William Regal wanted to leave AEW and come back to WWE. Yeah. And <laughs> and the thing is, is that he is back, but uh, Tony Khan agreed to let Regal go back and let him out of his contract. There was a stipulation attached to that. That is, William Regal is allowed to work for the WWE. He's allowed to work in the office, but he is not allowed to appear on WWE TV until 2024. So from from now until 2024, he is not allowed to be on WWE TV. That's why during Raw 30, you didn't see him. That's why there weren't any pictures of anything of him because they are not allowed to showcase William Regal legally because as per the stipulation of the contract. So instead of instead of having a non-compete clause where he can't sign anywhere, he was given a non-televised clause. So until next year, you're not going to see William Regal on any WWE TV or any programming or anything like that. He is not allowed to appear on television until next year. Then after next year, they can bring William Regal in for whatever they want. An on-camera role, a GM role, whatever it is. Hopefully see him next year because I like yeah. uh, Sir William Regal. Yes, hopefully. There's more to the man. He's more, there's more to the man than people think there is. Well, there is. We know that. He's very talented. Um, obviously, he doesn't wrestle anymore. Um, but I think it, once he's allowed to get back on TV, here's what I would do. Unless he's on the main roster by this point, which I don't know if he will be, I would send him back to NXT. And since Shawn Michaels is now in charge of NXT, I would have Regal manage Charlie Dempsey. Let him mentor his son. Hopefully he don't have a Rey Mysterio dominant moment. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That would be stupid. Because Regal can't wrestle. Unless Regal gets cleared to wrestle a match and they want to do a father-son thing, okay. But otherwise than that, we'll have to see where they go. And then, of course, um, after the match is over. Uh, the Creed brothers thank Ivy Nile for getting them back to where they are and motivating them to go back to being ready to be the tag team, you know, champions. And then after that, Indashir and Jinder Mahal walk out and say, now that everybody's 100%, let's finally have the match. The Creed brothers look at Ivy Nile because she's been trying to talk them out of it. They hand her the microphone and Ivy Nile accepts the match on behalf of the Creed. She's finally ready to give her blessing and let the Creed's set this with Indusheer. Uh, uh, another side note: Norway Veer wasn't there a couple weeks ago. What? His father passed away. Oh. Yeah, that's the reason why. Now that makes sense. I can I can live with that. I can live with that. His father passed away, and I, I saw on Twitter and Facebook of him taking a picture with his dad. That was the reason why. But this right here, that's going to be good. I was like, finally. Three brothers against, is this going to be a three-on-two or just two-on-two? Um, a handicap match? No, I think it's going to be just Indusheer versus the Creeds. I mean, I'm sure that 
uh, Jinder Mahal will be there at ringside, but I don't. I think it's just going to be a two-on-two match. Battle it out. Let's settle it. Okay. Okay. I do have as you, but there is that one thing that irks me a little bit. Why am I not surprised? It's happening next week. Which is not at Vengeance Day. Uh, uh oh. L- really? Oh, fuck. The pay-per-view is next fucking Saturday. And you're going to put this on the go-home? And how about they hacked this up over, over the last, what, several what, months or weeks? I'm just saying, unless you were going to put the Creeds in the Invitational, and they were going to win the Invitational and get a shot at the tag belts at Vengeance Day, okay. Then I would be okay with this on the go-home. But we're not putting this at Vengeance Day? It's, it's next fucking Saturday. The fuck? What are you going to do? Like have the match and then Jinder Mahal. The only way this would work is if Jinder Mahal does something to fuck up the match. And then maybe Roger Strong finally comes back. Because he's been sitting at home for God knows how long. And then they end up making it a six-man tag at Vengeance Day. Ooh. Billy, if that happens, I- I'm going to praise you again. I- yeah. If that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm just saying. I want you to be right. If you are, I swear to God, I'm going to hate myself for the rest of my yeah. goddamn miserable existence. Praise me like you should. No, do, do. I'm just saying, like that would—that's the only way I would approve having that match on the go home. Like, put it at fucking Vengeance Day. It's literally a week away. It's next Saturday night. For fuck's sake. All right, and then after that, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Chase. You, they get confronted. They're basically pissed off, wondering why uh, Duke Hudson walked away everybody. Well, he said he went to Shawn Michaels' office and got his permission to add Chase U to the Invitational. So, next week on NXT it will be the Dyad versus Malik Blade and Andrew Zanofi versus Andre Chase and Duke Hudson with the winning team to join the New Day, Gallus, and Pretty Deadly for the Tag Belts of Vengeance Day. Okay, let's see where this goes. Yeah. I was in the bathroom. Sorry about that. Yeah, because at first, Andre Chase about to rip his head off, but when he found out that he got them a tag team title shot, he let it go. He pretty much all was forgiven at that point. And then, all right, yeah, I can see that. Yep. And, all right, let's see what happens. And then, of course, we move on now to the next match of the evening. We got Hopefully. Electra Lopez one-on-one against Wendy Chu. I mean, the match could be a little more exciting. We automatically know who's going to win. But that wonderful, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Wendy Chu, a future NXT Women's Champion, Put up the best fight she did before uh, it all of a sudden. Uh, Alessia Propos being sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Uh, hit her with brass knuckles, I think. One, two, three. Poor little Wendy Chu. They need to do something better with her. Penny, go ahead. I enjoyed the match. Um, At first, I felt like Electra Lopez was going to embarrass Wendy Chu, and I'm like, come on, we've seen her do better than this. So I felt the match could have been a lot better. Eventually, Wendy Chu fired up. Um, I will say this was not one of Wendy Chu's best moments in the ring. But this is the one bad... I, this is the only time I've ever seen Wendy Chu have anything close to a bad match. Every other match she's had has been amazing. You know that. I know that. Anybody who's been watching NXT knows that. Yes, the gimmick is weird. But when the bell rings, great shit happens. This is the one bad match she had. And I don't know if Wendy was having an off night or if she just didn't mesh well with Electra Lopez. I don't know what it is. But, you know, n- not everybody has great chemistry in the ring. So I think that this chops up to a really bad match. Or maybe she's just as shitty as her pajamas. Why in the hell 
hell is this still a thing? Why do I gotta see this stupid shit on the TV? This makes old school fans like me change the channel because I don't care if she knows a wrist lock from a wristwatch or not. I cannot take her seriously in the ice cream cone pajamas. Get this oh, off the this? fucking get TV. Plug in to get updated with the 21st century. You stubborn prick. It shits upon my she, business. I don't give a shit. It shits upon the business. Apparently, in the business right now, it's apparently it fucker works. There's way more out, worse outfits than that. Remember Jack Swagger with a sworn eagle? I'd rather see one of the children pajamas and see something shit like that right there. What soaring eagle? I didn't. What the eagle? There was no eagle. Explain there, Vinny Bucci, please. Dude, I don't remember the eagle. <laughs> You don't remember the Jack Swagger Sporgan Eagle with Edge a couple several several years ago uh, on SmackDown? I, dude, I, I do not remember this at all. Uh, or every time oh wait, 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 wait. Came... Was that where the Eagle came out to the ring with him? Yes. Okay, I see a little bit of that. I'm seeing a picture of it now. Um that was a pro wrestling mascot. That wasn't a wrestler though. That no, was talking Swag about the outfit. Oh. Just saying. Yeah, but no, no, see, see, Mr. Ginger, uh, that was a mascot. That wasn't somebody that I was supposed to take seriously as a wrestler. They want me to take this bitch seriously as a wrestler, and I'm looking at the whole package, and it sucks. Well, too bad for you. I enjoy, at least I enjoy something without bitching about it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've given up on trying to explain it to Gator. I have. I, I told Gator, I tap out. I'm done talking to you about this. I have given you every reason why this person is over and deserves to be over, but the motherfucker just doesn't want to listen. It, he's as stubborn as Desmond at this point. It's goddamn ridiculous. I am not as stubborn as Desmond. You're getting there. You're fucking getting there. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Now go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket, Gator. Go to the basket. I refuse to go to the basket. You know what? Fine. Zach gets tails from the territories. That is some bullshit. You want? You want me? To, you want to keep the territories? Yes. Then I'm gonna need you to go to the basket. Fuck you. All right, then it's the last of him. Uh, but yeah, Faraz accidentally distracted the referee to cause the brass knucks to come out, and Lecha Lopez got the win. Hooray. I wasn't all that excited. Yeah, me neither. I really don't care, and I'm done with Gator about this. I'm yeah. sorry. If you can hear me, I'm going to say this is the last thing. There's always a saying that you and Gator always told me. For a strange-ass reason, Wendy Chu somewhat put butts in seats. I enjoy it, and to tell you the truth, in the ring, at least she's, she's, she's not a high flyer. She stays off the top rope, and she's a bad Nice little bitch. I enjoy it. Go ahead, Benny. Yeah, I enjoy it just as well. Uh, I thought it was very well done. Get their head out of their ass. Yeah. So then we cut to something very special going on where uh, we see uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax uh, going oh, out to go. a restaurant to celebrate Stax's new position in the family as he is now the underboss of the family. And they're talking about how it's important to make a great first impression and Stax knows exactly what he wants to do. He's very confident. Uh, they're obviously, you know, after everything that went down at the tracks, their food is taken care of and they're having the most expensive bottles of wine and only the best for a Don and an underboss. And everything here just is just a celebration and a congratulations and showing that these guys are becoming more like family instead of just Tony D bossing them around. Good to know. I don't care. <clears throat> good for good for stacks. Bravo. You still have to understand. You still fucking the Don's fucking lackey. Hey, he's not a fucking lackey. He's a lackey. He's not. Hey, listen to him, okay? There's a difference between being a lackey and being an underboss. Yes, he still answers to the Don. 
But he's not going around running errands and doing crazy shit and doing all the other stuff. He gets to boss other people around. It's the equivalent to like, you know, it's like it's like you work in a fucking like the restaurant with a dishwasher. It's a dis- difference between you got the one guy over here who scrubs the fucking plates and all that crap, but then you got that uh what the fuck what the fuck they call that thing uh like the the, the dish pit dj thing is that what they got uh dude controls the fucking music yeah there's a difference you got he's still you're still in there but he gets to control the fucking music now he's still a dishwasher but he ain't like an underling dishwasher he's got to do all the other stuff he's doing a couple of things and also decides what gets played and if someone has the fucking cojones to touch his fucking radio he's got every right to take the nearest instrument and smack him in the fucking head with it and remind hey, him who the king me, dick though, is in the kitchen there's not much there's not two people in the dish pit on a busy night i'm in that dish pit by myself so <clears throat> okay well i'm sorry well i'm sorry you're dealing with a little understaffed underpopulation situation going on i'm talking about other fucking restaurants that i've seen that i know about you know you ain't the only dishwasher person i know yeah i got i know guys who are fucking bus boys ever. that know about this shit and you think you're better than me First of all, first of all, I'm a Don. I don't think I'm better than you. I fucking know it. You understand me here? Mm, Let me make that clear. I don't think I'm better than you. I know I'm better than you because I'm fucking royalty. I'm bulletproof and untouchable. Mm -hmm. That's the way it is. When you're a Don, you run everything. You don't run shit with me. Hey. I'll tell you to go piss up a rope. (laughs) And And I'll tell the guy to take the rope after I piss up it and hang you from a fucking bridge with it. Like, hey, come you, see this bridge with the dead ginger though. hanging off the side of it. You gotta catch me first, though. That's what you gotta do. Hey, I don't have That's to run. I got people to do that for me. I got people, too. So don't play games with me. Ooh, hey, I didn't want to play game. Hey, you started the game. I'm just playing by the rules. My rules. And you, and also, that, just remember, I just got many guys just as you do. So don't play games with me, you stubborn Italian prick. <laughs> Listen here, gingivitis. You don't want to fuck with this side of the tracks, all right? Just stay where you are mm, and mm, use mm, your head. Side of the tracks, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I understand. I'm the saying, food may be better, but our parts are way better than yours. I'm just saying, use your head for something other than killing brain cells. Use your head for something rather than eat pasta all day. <laughs> Hey, at least after I eat pasta, <laughs> I can walk a straight fucking line. I can still walk a straight fucking line. <laughs> I thought you guys could. I thought you guys could drink, but your bitch ass can't fucking drink worth of shit. First of all, you've never been around me long enough to know that. Second of all, I don't need to get fucking drunk. That ain't my fucking scene. You know why? Because mm-hmm. the Don lives a happy life, so he don't have to medicate. You see what I'm saying? I like to medicate. It makes me happy and makes yeah. me wonderful to be. Yes, around. it makes you happy and wonderful. I got something to look forward to. Wonderful. My life. Now, if you'll excuse me. Now, if you'll excuse me, I came here for a fucking reason, and it's not to toy around with the help. It's here to fucking make it clear that I'm over here congratulating my new underboss and how we plan on taking over NXT. Because trust me when I tell you, Stax is going to make me proud doing what he's got to do, and it's only a matter of time before the gold is around the waist. Of the Don. It was a great, we had a great fucking meal. We had a great fucking time. This is how you celebrate with an underboss. And I'm telling you, sky's the limit for the Don. For the rest, the limit's the sky. Now, if you'll excuse me, I got some business to attend to. You take care of your business. I'll talk to you later, Don. Yeah, yeah the Don's busy. Prick. <laughs> 
Zach, you gotta stop provoking this guy. You, you seriously. Uh, it's just in my nature. I know. Jesus Christ, that's gonna get himself killed, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what the hell to do. But anyway, no, 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 no. You shut up. What? You know why? Uh, let me tell you why. I'm like this. I'm sick of time. Uh, these mafia Italian mafiosos think they're bad, think they're good. All they are are stubborn, fat, bald-headed pricks. Jesus, the man has such hatred in his heart. Moving on. You know, his flirting is making me very uncomfortable. Okay, Don, your segment's over. You can leave now. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Go back and bye-bye-bye. All right. So anyway. Pussy, you asshole. Okay, okay. Zach, are you done? Yes. Can I move on to the next segment now? Yes. Thank you. That would be great. Now, next we cut to the in-ring segment. We got the one and only, the number one contender, Grayson Waller. He says he punked Braun Breaker out at the Performance Center. He said he wants Breaker in the ring now. He said Breaker doesn't have to worry. He, Waller, Waller doesn't have a metal plate under his shirt tonight. He said all I have is my NXT championship, that replica belt that he's wearing. Uh, Braun Breaker stomps through the backstage area. Security tries to hold him back. Breaker forces his way to the ring. He even shoves a couple people out of his way like fuck off shoe fly don't bother me as he finally forces his way to the ring the locker room empties as Waller and Breaker try to get their hands on each other the brawl spills out of the ring Breaker tries to spear Waller Waller moves and Breaker crashes through the barricade yeah, I saw this right here. This was brilliant. Grayson Waller antagonizing like he usually does. Uh, Bomb Breaker comes out. They get into a scuffle, and this right here is a good brawl. I want to see what happens next week. Maybe there'll be a bigger brawl, but Grayson Waller coming up being a dick. Uh, Bomb Breaker finally had enough. He stormed through security like they're little dolls of straw, like my skinny ass. This right here was awesome. I really look forward to this match. It's the occasion match. A vengeance. Yeah, um, this was definitely a, a great segment here. Um, I Obviously, they're trying to drag this out, make it more interesting. I love the fact that you saw the look on uh, Grayson's face. I don't think he expected Breaker to crash through the barricade like that. Um, I think he just thought he just hit him, he just hurt himself. But obviously, this is something that was clearly planned. You can tell by how easy it was for him to break that. I just hope that they don't, that nothing bad happens and they have to cancel a fucking match. Because moments like that can be scary. Like, I remember when he came out of the ring, I saw Waller immediately grab Breaker's leg and I'm thinking, dude, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You could risk tripping him and hurting him before the fucking match. Just throw some punches. Don't don't grab somebody's leg at, after they immediately jump down off the fucking ring apron. I mean, I know you're supposed to make the fight realistic, I get that. I preach that all the time. But you don't seriously want to hurt the other person. Your match is a week away. You don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that hit. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I saw him go through that, uh, that barricade with that wood and everything. And thankfully, Grisha Wall didn't touch and just looked at him. And I knew it was part of the deal. But I saw him grin because he didn't say, oh, shit, I actually, this guy's actually hurt. And he and Brown, uh, brought Mr. Baker, sold that very fucking well. And uh, Mr. Grisha held up the title. I'm like, this is going to be good. I know I said this a lot, but that right there was good. I enjoyed it. Hope Mr. Uh, Brown Breaker is okay. It's Brown Breaker. Careful next time, bro. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Even if Breaker was seriously hurt, Grayson would still have to do what he did because you're still on TV. You're still, you know, selling the pay-per-view. He would have to do what he's doing, and then if he's seriously hurt, go talk to him backstage with the cameras off 
and go see if he's okay. You check on him in private, but and the, but at the ring, you still have to play up what's going on. And anybody in the business would get that, by the way. It's like no, even I, you explained that several times to me. I understand where that's coming from. It's like the old school thing. If you injure somebody, you go and apologize. But you apologize in private. Like today, most people go on social media and say shit. No. If you're in a feud with somebody and the other person gets injured, you apologize in private. You meet them privately, on the phone, in person, visit them in the hospital. Whatever you gotta do to get your apology to do the apology, do it. But on TV, you go up with business as as usual. Like, let's say you powerbomb somebody and by accident, they get injured. Like, they break their neck or something. You would go privately and say, dude, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that happened. You know, I, I, I did it exactly the way I always do it. I can't believe it. Uh, is that, do you need anything? Can I help you? Like, you apologize. But as soon as you go on TV the next week, you're like, you're damn right I broke his neck. His neck was soft. Just like his spirit. Just like his pride is now that I've humbled him. Like, you go out on TV and say the shit. But Privately, you're like, hey, are you okay? How you doing? Everything else. That's how the business works. But it was, I just felt like doing that this close to the pay-per-view was risky. Now, thankfully, everyone. Very risky. Now, it looks like Braun's okay, but hopefully next week, nothing gets too crazy. We just, next week, I don't want any physicality on Tuesday. Just Braun says a promo. Grayson says a promo. That's it. Make them video promos, whatever. And then Saturday, lock them in the cage. We don't need any more physicality between these two guys anymore. It's done. It's done. Because even though that went well, that could have went south real fast. And we've seen plenty of situations, especially in AEW, where six days before the pay-per-view, they decide to do something crazy and outrageous, someone gets injured, and now you got to flip around and change shit. We don't want that. No, we do not. Sometimes you got to play it safe. And be like, okay, this go-home episode sucked, but it's going to be worth it for the pay-per-view that people are paying to see. And that Zach is taking time off from work to see. So, I swear to God. So we want this to be good. Hell, I may even invite him over here to watch it. Well, isn't that the plan? Well, yeah. Obviously. I'll be there. Yeah. I took off for it. And within my like, cool thing is, as long as I've been at Jim and Nick's, within 10 minutes, they approved it. Well, yeah. Because you bust your ass in his loyalty. That's that's when you call in for those favors later I've on. Been there six years. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I've done that. I When I worked at Home Depot, it was like that. You know? I picked up shifts for people when I was in college. I worked extra hours. I did a lot of shit because I knew at some point I was going to have to cash in on some favors. And there was a fuck ton as my career was going off. I had to take time off to do showcases and film sets and TV shows and shit like that. So there were situations where I had to call in favors for people. I, you know, and even trade shifts, like work certain days I didn't want to work but had to to get this day off. So I've been there. And uh, and then, of course, after all that, we cut to the backstage area where we got Gigi Dolan, who apparently has her response to everything J.C. Jane said. She says a bunch of shit back to J.C., and basically that's all we're supposed to expect. So apparently these two are going to kill each other at the contract signing. Apparently. I have nothing to say about this. She did the same thing where uh, what uh, J.C. Jane said. I was like, all those lights off the person who carried it, back and forth. So I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. Go ahead. Yeah, and then after that, we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Caden Carter and Katana Chance defend the titles against Alba Fire. Did you enjoy this match? 
Yes. I did. There was a couple of fuckeries, but otherwise than that, these four of them beat the living shit out of each other. Alba Fire was about to take them on. Also, Solo Ruka comes out. I was like, all right. And make no mistake, Solo Ruka, she needs a bigger push. I like her. She's good. She's athletic. She stays off the top rope. But these women right here beat the shit out of each other. We already know the tag team champions were going to win this match. Did you see that coming? There was no way. I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, same as with me, but it was a decent match right there. But some strength, and then all all of a sudden, uh, uh, Abafire, uh, can they make it? And uh, the Patty Champs hit, hit their finisher. One, two, three. And when, uh, when uh, Solo Ruka and uh, Abafire were walking up the rope, Abafire was like, done. Also, she saw I saw Don. She looked at her and walked away, wondering where that's going to go. Minnie, your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm, I enjoyed the match. Obviously, Albafire was going to go it alone. And obviously, you know, I was intrigued to see how that was going to end up. All of a sudden, out comes Sol Ruka, who decides to be the tag team partner of Albafire. They go out there. They have a great tag team match. Sol Ruka is an incredible athlete. Even Gator admits that she thought Sol Ruka was a very good athlete. Uh, they had great moments, great matches. All of a sudden, uh, Albafire drops off the apron, tosses Chance into the ring steps. Ruka asks Fire what that was all about, and she just smiles. Then, you know, eventually Chance and Carter hit their finish on Ruka and get the win, and so they retain. And then all of a sudden, we see Albafire walking, you know, standing there on the apron. Sol Ruka's looking at her like, what the fuck? And she just walks right past her. All of a sudden, Isla Dawn is standing at the ramp. She stares at her, walks back through the curtain, and Isla Dawn follows her. What? This does not make sense at all. At all? Who's at all? Not at all. And I had to double check. I'm looking at the card right now for Vengeance Day just to make sure I'm not crazy. And apparently they don't have a match against each other at Vengeance Day. So, and apparently from what I'm reading online, there is history between them. Apparently, they were friends in NXT UK. Like, they feuded against each other, but they were also friends. So, it looks like they're putting them back together as a team. And if they are putting them back together, why? I mean, they're probably going to have to be a heel tag team. And maybe they're going to go for the women's titles. I don't fucking know, but it's... it's obviously at some point there's going to have to be some type of explanation as to why they're putting these two together. I don't know if next week we're going to get some type of conversation or explanation, but something something needs to be said because right now this I'm fucking confused. I don't know what they're doing here. Mm, I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. All right. Well, after all this confusion confusing mess we then see fallon henley now earlier in the night i realized i skipped this briggs and jensen congratulated fallon henley on a great match but then jensen went to Shawn michaels and convinced uh fallon henley to team up with kiana james to face the tag team champions which briggs was excited about but fallon wasn't because she was doing it as a one-time thing to make jensen happy 
And Jensen's shocked because he's like, why would you turn this down as an opportunity in your lifetime? She goes, I had to think about this. All of a sudden, up in the crow's nest, we see Fallon Henley and Kiana James. And she says, you know what? I've thought about it. And we've decided to face Katana and Kaden for the NXT Women's Tag Team title. So at Vengeance Day, it will be Katana Chance and Kaden Carter against Fallon Henley and Kiana James for the tag team titles. I think this is going to work out. If they work it out, I think they can do it, uh, be a good tag team together he's got to work out the kinks that's it i would love one day they, i think it'll work out great oh yeah i'd love to see them as tag team champions i think that would be that's phenomenal and Kyle james needs to do one thing stop being thick as hell what stiff stiff stop being stiff oh stiff okay okay you said thick i was like dude there's not I, one I, ounce of fat on this bitch i know i understand that stop being stiff okay she needs to sell a little bit uh, she needs to sell a little bit more otherwise than that that is one badass bitch and Yes, I see why Vinny likes her. She's classy, smoking hot. So she is. She's the perfect combo. And then all of a sudden, we have we see an interview with Cora Jade. Then all of a sudden, they uh, cut to the part where she's got the feather because apparently Valkyra wants to whoop her ass. Then all of a sudden, we go to the parking lot and Nikita Lyons is attacked in the parking lot and no one knows who did it. But someone's driving off in a car. I don't know why this was here. I don't either. But I'm confused. I got a pretty good idea who it was. Mr. Bucci, who would that be, sir? Zoe Stark. Who else has beef with Nikita Lyons? That's true. If it's not Zoe Stark, I'll be surprised, but I honestly believe it's Zoe Stark. That's another badass bitch that I enjoy watching in the ring. And now that I think about it, before we move on here, you know what I just realized? What's that? My prediction was half right. Remember? Okay. But I remember last week when I said who was Alba Fire's partner be? I thought I said Isla Dawn might come out to play mind games. And she did come out to play mind games. Now she wasn't her official tag team partner in the match. <laughs> but it looks like they're now getting together though. That's true. So I was half right. You were. They are getting together, but she didn't show up for the actual match. That was Sol Ruka. So again, I'm on to shit here, ladies and gentlemen. There's a reason why I need to be in these writers' rooms. There's a reason why you listen to this show. My predictions, most of them are coming true, ladies and gentlemen. I call a lot of this shit. And speaking of calling yep, and speaking of calling shit, we move on to the final segment of the night. The most predictable <laughs> shit I've ever seen on fucking television. If you didn't see this coming, you are not an analyst. I'll tell you that right now. Women's Championship Summit. We have Dolan and Jane argue with each other while Roxanne Perez and Booker T look on. Jane claims she has been carrying Dolan. Dolan says Jane is insecure and that she throws up in a bucket before every match. And that now someone else is going to have to hold her bucket because she'll be too busy holding the NXT Championship. Booker T asks Perez what she thinks. Perez says she's enjoying this. Perez says karma is a toxic bitch. She thought it was going to be a handicap match at Avengers Day, but it looks like it's going to be a real triple threat. Dolan and Jane get in each other's faces. Perez is loving until Dolan and Jane turn and look at Perez, slam Perez head into the table at the ring. In the ring, Perez tries to fight back but is overwhelmed. Jane and Dolan put Perez through the table with a double choke slam and pose with the women's title belt. Okay, Vinny, can I ask you something? Sure. Well, actually, I have something to say. After I wash this right here, and, uh, and I was uh, piping something up green for a college, I hit it one time. I think I was like, you know what? I saw this a mile coming away there. Did you? Those two, the time attraction girls, were insulting each other. I was like, uh huh, just get it done with. They got each other's face, smile at each other, look up her ass, beat her ass, put it through the table. And I looked at it, I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Basically, what's going to happen at 
Vintage J for that woman's title. It's going to be a two-on-one uh, two handicap match unless some miracle fucking happens. I mean, technically on paper, it is a triple threat match. But it's going to have handicap impl- it's gonna It's going to be a handicap match because the two of them are going to gang up on Roxanne Perez. The problem is it's technically a triple threat match, so I, it's going to be like normal. They're going to be on the same page until the time comes for one of them to, to get the pin. Because even though they can both sit there and go, we're co-champions, only one of them is going to be recognized as the actual champion. That's a fact. The question is, would it be JC Jane or would it be Gigi Dolan? So that's the way it's going to be. That's how it's going to go down on paper. But of course, heels don't care about technicalities. Like a lot of times, like if they win a match by disqualification, they'll hold the championship belt up and it's like, you didn't win that title. I'm the champion. I won the match. But you didn't pin or submit. I won the match. You can't reason with heels. They live in a fucking fantasy world. No different than the heel on our show. Um, But (laughs) I live not in that bubble. So with this match, it's still going to be a triple threat. That's why I think Roxanne Perez is going to win and then Toxic Attraction's out the door and they're going to the main roster. There's nothing else you can do with them. It's going to be a fucking waste to have them there. There's no reason to keep them around. None whatsoever. So that's... that's very, very true. That, that, that's what I think. That's what you think? Yes. So okay. that's going to be how the match goes at the end of the day. But it was still a great summit, even though the, the, this, the promos were great. But I knew they were not going to pull the trigger on these two breaking up. I knew from the J.C. Jane segment, I'm watching this going, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. This is a trick. This is, this is a scam. It's not going to happen. And when you know who won the pony, it didn't fucking happen. Mm. So <laughs> I rest my case. You do rest your case, sir. I understand where you're coming yeah, of course, all we got to do now is we're going to wait until next week, which is the go home. That will explain everything that's going to go down. And then after that, on Saturday, the 4th will be Vengeance Day. So obviously the card will be and obviously we'll talk more about the updated card next week. But, you know, like I said, it was the summit was predictable. I saw everything coming a mile away. So while the promos were fun, it was just meh. I saw it coming, so it wasn't interesting. It wasn't interesting at all, but I enjoyed the effort. Yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us. And uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Well, hopefully, there, ladies and gentlemen, never spends reaching. Maybe just by chance that my scheduling is fucked up, I could probably be there in the studio. Yes. So... A lot easier than watch Vengeance. And then, can I go ahead and spoil it? We're taking a nice little break. Yes. After Vengeance Day, we're taking a break. We will be back for Stand and Deliver in April. So, like I said, we got after this, we got two more NXTs to throw at you guys. We got the Go Home and Vengeance Day, and then we're taking a break. So we'll after that we'll 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 see you guys with the NXT recaps in April. The AEW recaps will of course return in March. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And of course, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Radio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash The Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, we got a male soap opera moment planned for this week to give our predictions for the Royal Rumble this Saturday. So make sure you check that out. That'll be on the Facebook page with myself and the Wens. 
Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, our episode of Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the 90s, uh, Hip Hop, the East Coast versus West Coast Media War drops this Thursday. So make sure you check that out. It tells the story of uh, Biggie, Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur and their feud and rivalry and all of that will be featured so make sure you check that out and of course uh, we got other episodes coming up in the coming weeks uh, Zach and I, of course, will be taping two more episodes this week, hopefully getting the last two done next week, and then sending that out to all of you guys. So keep on the lookout for Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the 90s. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. We're still hoping to do one for the Royal Rumble, but some shit might hit the fan this week. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it all out. So either we'll have one or we won't. You know, we'll, we might take a break for this one too you know uh life's getting in the way also we got our live D show coming soon our boochcast booking battle and another special treat in the works also make sure you guys support the boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the boochcast slash support become a supporter of the boochcast support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we got three levels you can donate at pick the one that works the best within your budget uh we have our first level which is 99 cents one dollar per month we have our second level which is uh 4.99 five dollars per month the same amount of money you would pay for a peacock subscription i know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the peacock so don't give them money give us money we got better content than peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere 9.99 $10 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott as ramen noodles. That's all he can pretty much eat right now. And of course, try to get him laid, even though it's a constant fight and struggle. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>